And welcome back to Pacific Rim right here, 1029 and 750 The Game. It is my great pleasure to be joined by our next guest. His team was able to win the Mountain West last year, make the NCAA tournament, and my goodness, his team has a lot of really good transfers coming in. Eric Musselman is joining me, and Coach, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for being on, and I've got to talk about the first things first. You guys played against Iowa State in the NCAA tournament. Your team won, I believe it was, 26 games in the regular season. How were you guys really able to turn the corner? Because I still remember you guys had that big run in, I believe it was the CIT last year. It might have been the CBI, but you guys had that big run in that postseason in, 20, in 2016. Then you guys turned around this year. You guys have a nice season. You make the NCAA tournament. What was really a trigger for that? Well, Greg, you know, I, you know, when we got the job, we took over a nine-win team, and and uh, you know, we did win the CBI championship last year, which was a great experience for two of our uh, freshmen last year. Lindsey Drew, whose father's the former head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and currently an associate head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then Cameron Oliver, uh, Cam, uh, currently has his name in the NBA draft um, after his sophomore season. So those two young guys got a ton of experience last year. Uh, with the extra games playing in postseason tournament like the CBI, and and it carried over into this season. And our guys did a phenomenal job of believing in one another. And and obviously to win 28 games in the college season is very very difficult. And we ran into a team that was better than us in the NCAA tournament. Iowa State played one of their better games of the year, and and uh, we we played like a team that was was in the tournament for the first time. And we played a little bit nervous at times and. I think it'll be a great learning experience for our guys as well. We played a much better second half uh, against the Cyclones than we did in the first half. And again, I think sometimes that's to be expected in your first go-round in a tournament like that. And though your team was unable to pull out that game in the NCAA tournament, you still were able to manufacture a 12 seed in the tournament, and you guys won 28 total games. I mean, this is a team that still had the most ridiculous comeback I can ever remember against New Mexico. I believe you guys were down 13 points with a minute and 10 seconds left. I haven't had the chance to ask you about that. I'm sure you've heard about it a couple times. What was running through your mind during that game? Because you guys were just hitting bank three after bank three, and then you guys pull it out in overtime. Yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a game that, that um, you know we got down, even in overtime after coming back from down 26 with 11 minutes to go. Uh, then we went down five in overtime, and you know we have great belief in our walk-ons and some of the guys that don't get to play a lot of minutes. And those guys came in that game and came in with great energy and, and kind of infused uh, a winning spirit amongst our guys when we were getting beat pretty good. And and then we went back with our starters, and a couple of them fouled out. Um, you know, it's it's a once in a lifetime game. Our players know that. Our coaching staff knows that, and certainly. Um, in the last 10 years, it's one of the greatest comebacks, if not the greatest comeback in the history of college basketball. And, and uh, with the way the landscape is now, with so many players being able to shoot the three ball, and we put five players out uh, that could knock the three down. And, and uh, you know, New Mexico missed some foul shots, and then they also took a couple quick uh, shots on the shot clock, and all those things helped ignite us. But it was one of those games that certainly New Mexico deserved to win, but we figured out a way – uh, with some luck to uh, to come away with a victory. 
It was certainly a bonkers game as it is Eric Musselman, the head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack, joining me right here on Pacific Rim, 102.9 and 750 the game. I mentioned it at the top. You guys have some really high-level transfers coming into this program. Kendall Stevens, who spent his first three years playing at the University of Purdue, he's going to be a transfer for this team. I believe that he's going to be eligible this year, along with the Martin Twins from NC State, both Cody and Caleb Martin. What are you expecting from those three guys? Because I know that you had a bunch of guys that were eligible last year that weren't eligible in your uh, first go-around at Nevada in the 2015-2016 season. What do you anticipate three the, these three guys adding to your roster? Well, you know, we had two guys sitting out our first year that, that had major impact. Uh, Marcus Marshall led the Mountain West in scoring, um, and then Jordan Caroline had a phenomenal year as well, uh, only a sophomore. Both those guys were ineligible in year one as they were Division One transfers and had a great year this year. Uh, when we look at you know what we're going to be like next year, we're losing a lot. Cam Oliver to the NBA, uh, DJ Fenner, a four-year starter, and then Marcus Marshall, the leading scorer in the league. So we are going to need uh, Cody Martin, Caleb Martin, as well as Kendall Stevens to have great, great years. And then what, really what we need is our guys that are returning they did play last year. Those guys have to continue to get better and better. We want Lindsey Drew to improve his perimeter shooting, and and uh, Josh Hall had a great freshman year, and he's got to continue to get better. And and uh, so there's a lot of pieces that we feel we have. And uh, having said that, um, you know it's all about staying uh, healthy and being in the right mental frame of mind, and, and, and having a great summer of conditioning as well. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier. You're a guy that actually began your coaching career at the NBA level. You've got a guy by the name of Lindsey Drew, who you, who you brought up earlier. He's this team's floor general. I mean, he's not really a volume scorer or anything like that, but does a great job distributing the ball. Lockdown defender, does a little bit of everything, getting points, rebounds, assists. He is the son of Larry Drew, as you mentioned a little bit earlier. How convenient is it that you have a coach's son on your team? Because I feel like whenever you get a guy who is from a little bit more of a basketball family. It just feels like they have a little bit more knowledge of the game and they can be a little bit of a coach out there on the floor themselves. Well, you know, especially since Lindsey Drew's a point guard for us, it's really important that he and I are very connected on our thought process and everything that we do. And, and that's certainly the case. He, he's a very, very unselfish guy, almost uh, unselfish to a fault. Uh, but having said that, he's a guy that we also want to continue to improve in his player development this summer. Uh, you know, he shot the ball uh, much better from three this year, and we want him to, to increase uh, his three points percentage as well as his three-point attempts and makes. Head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack, Eric Musselman joining me right here on Pacific Rim, 102.9 and 750 the game. And coach, I, I mentioned this just a second ago. You're a guy that actually started out with your uh, coaching career more towards the NBA level. I remember you were an assistant with a couple different teams. I do believe that the that the Magic and the uh, Timberwolves were on there as well. Then you had the chance to be the head coach of two different teams, the Warriors and the Kings. And now you're at the college level. I still remember you were an assistant a couple years in the Pac-12. Now you get the head coach at Nevada. What's it been like transitioning from the professional game over to the college game? Well, I'm really excited about um, being in the college game and the, uh, you know, the, the, the pro game was great. Obviously, I followed in my father's footsteps as he was the first coach in Timberwolves history and coached the Cavaliers. And, and, uh, and, I, and I wanted, uh, at a young age, I wanted to be in the NBA and do exactly what he had done. And, 
and 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 I had a really good run, and then had to kind of a career change on, uh, you know, what did I want to do um, after I was released as a head coach of the Sacramento Kings, and and I'm really lucky and fortunate to have worked for a guy like Johnny Jones at LSU uh, to learn the uh, inner workings of recruiting, and and um, and you know what, uh, it's, it's been a great experience for two years, and I'm look forward to being here for many many years. Uh, to follow as well here at Nevada. And many people that listen to my to my show know that I feel like the Mountain West is a little bit of a sleeping giant. I mean, Nevada, uh, 10 years ago, I felt like this team was one of the top mid-major programs in the country. Then obviously there were a couple uh, rough years during the early 2010s. I mean, Fresno State made the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. It feels like Leon Rice is doing a good job with Boise State. Then you have San Diego State, who obviously has made the NCAA tournament so many years, but, I mean, you're not going to have Steve Fisher there anymore. What are your thoughts on the conference as a whole? Because in back-to-back years, it's been a one-bid league, but I feel like this is a conference that could really shock some people next year. Yeah, I mean, what we have to do as a league as a whole is we have to do a better job of winning games um, in non-conference because uh, once conference hits, you know, we all kind of beat up on each other. It's a really difficult league to win on the road. There's excellent coaches. Um, You mentioned Coach Rice, and and Rodney Terry is a very underrated coach. He does a great job with Fresno State. uh, Larry Eustace is a guy that every time you play against him, uh, you're going to go against a team that's really mentally tough and really prepared to play. And obviously the success that San Diego State has had, um, absolutely in, incredible what they've done with their team. And, and uh, you know, you look at two programs like UNLV and New Mexico, his, historically those two, uh, you know, programs have had great success. So it's, it is a really difficult uh, league. And Wyoming's a team that's going to be much improved. They're coming off a a CBI championship this year, and and every game you play in the Mountain West is really really difficult uh, game, and it's a it's a coaches league, and, and and a lot of really really good players that are underrated as well. But we got to do a better job of winning in non conference than we have in the last couple of years. Certainly, as it's Eric Musselman joining me right here on Pacific Rim 1029 and 750 the game. Going into his third year with the Nevada Wolfpack, was an NBA head coach at one time as well for both the Kings and the Golden State Warriors, and he's joining me right now. And coach, I mean, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Steve Fisher no longer with the San Diego State Aztecs. What was it like just going up against him for a couple years and getting to know him? Because I'm sure that the coaching circle, I guess you could say, is a little bit small. What were your experiences being around Steve Fisher? Well, because I'm from San Diego and and, uh, I played at the University of San Diego and we played San Diego State every year, um, what he's done is is mind-boggling. It's incredible, the enthusiasm that they have in their arena. Um, he's a complete and utter gentleman off the floor, um, a legend in the college game and, and, uh, someone that, that we've tried to emulate what he's done. We tried to look at the formula that he had to build his program. And we've tried to do some of the similar things that coach Fisher did. And, and now for Brian Dutcher to get to, to be able to take over, I'm sure he's going to uh, do a phenomenal job as well. He's, you know, son of a coach, Jim Dutcher, who had great success at the University of Minnesota. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a program, again, uh, from where they were many, many years ago to where they are today, um, you know, is, is, is words can't describe because San Diego was not known um, as a basketball 
uh, program before uh, Coach Fisher got there. Yeah, I still remember. I hear stories about it, and in like his first couple years, he had to like beg the students to go there. He was giving away free tickets and everything like that. Now you look at San Diego State; they had Kawhi Leonard there there for a couple years. They made like six or seven straight NCAA tournaments. It has certainly turned up. And coach would like to close it out with this. This is a little bit more of an off the cuff question, but I know that coaches always like to be a little bit more secretive with a lot of the things that they do, like with injuries and everything. And interestingly enough, you actually married someone who's a part of the industry. Daniel Sargent obviously used to be with ESPN, I believe Fox Sports as well. What was it like marrying someone in the in the media being a coach? Because I know that, like I said before, coaches typically like to keep things closer to the vest. Well, I, you know, when I met uh, Danielle, I was not working. <laughs> so for three years while she was uh, working for NFL Network and, and Fox Sports doing their show, The Final Score, which was a sports center type environment. Um, you know, I was doing media as well. I, I, I uh, did a lot of college TV games. Um, so there was really no conflict of interest. And then when I jumped into college basketball, she decided uh, to, to, to not work as much, although she did some TV shows like NCIS, New Orleans, and, and um, you know, now, with her being uh, doing a lot of stuff, she worked the NBA All-Star Games. She worked some NFL games. So uh, there's really no conflict of interest as uh, she has not done anything uh, in college basketball. So it's, uh, it's neat to be able to come home and have a wife uh, that's watching games on TV and you don't have to say, hey, can we turn the channel because we both have the same interests. That's very convenient. I mean, I'm right now a single gentleman myself, and if I could get that, I'd be a very, very happy man, let me tell you. <laughs> As Eric Musselman, head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack, joined me right here on Pacific Rim 1029 at 750 The Game. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on making the NCAA tournament this year, and man, things are looking bright out there in Reno, my friend. No, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. we got a lot of work to do this summer, and there's a lot of expectations, and and with those expectations, you've got to you've got to prep, do your preparation in the summer, and everything starts now. And hopefully, our guys are taking their individual workout times extremely serious, uh, because in the summer, per NCAA rules, you only have so many many hours you can work with your student athletes. So it's really up to them uh, for them to have great player development and work ethic at this time of year. And that's something that gets lost on so many people. Coach, thank you for the time. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, Greg.